Davis being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. That's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. Welcome all to another edition of the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. A place where mates drink beers and talk all things Los Angeles Chargers football. Andy Prophet here, your host. Alistair Lloyd joins me from his new digs, judging by the moving boxes in the background. Welcome, mate. Good to see you. How's things? Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be with Jack again. Feeling really uh, energized. We've um, waited eight months to move into this place. We bought it back at the end of last year. We've been renovating it and uh, finally we've moved in. This is the worst my background will ever look for this podcast moving forward. So please forgive me if you're watching the YouTube version. Haven't got around to unpacking yet, but um, we press on in the spirit of the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's great to be with you guys. Good, mate. Yeah, well, someone once told me there's 24 hours in a day, so say what you will. Uh, and as you said, we are graced with the pleasure of our third, Jackarias Reed. It is great to have you back in the mix, brother. How was your week Woo! off? Mushroom, mushroom helmets are plenty, no doubt. I was going to say, fresh off my uh, sojourn to Sydney, fresh, uh, freshly come from conferences about concussions in the classroom and the protective headwear that one must have when teaching young children. No, no, it was really good, actually. Um, you know, work uh, trips can go one of two ways. They can be a bit arduous and a bit annoying, but um, this one was full of rich information and um, speaking to a lot of other professionals and um, sort of getting a state of education around Australia at the moment, which is really cool. Uh, I'm just fresh off a parent night, a parent thing, so I've had a couple of beers at a at a, at a work function, um, and I just smashed a burger, so I'm ready to go, baby. Let's go. Awesome, man. Yeah, like we said, good to have you back. It's good to good to have the three of us back. Uh, thanks again to all listening uh, or watching, however you're tuning in and where, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, we really appreciate you guys and all your support. So don't forget, like and subscribe. Um, and feedback. We love our feedback, so hit us up. Uh, now, before we get stuck into today's show, big news around Chargers camp. JC Jackson has undergone a non-invasive procedure on his ankle. Uh, Oz Trigonum Trigonum syndrome. I knew I'd cook that up. Uh, essentially, you can either be born with it or develop it, I believe. Um, athletes, ballerinas, a lot of pointing your toe um, can develop this little bit of bone uh, in your foot, and it's not something that he couldn't have played through, but Coach Staley said he's a bit uncomfortable, so um, we'll just get it done now and out of the way. Didn't stop Chargers social media, oh, sorry, the social media of Chargers fans going absolutely bonkers and uh, losing the plot. But um, anything, uh, Al, you, I know we spoke about it the last couple of days. Is there anything you'd like to sort of, any yes. ice you'd like to throw on the, water you'd like to throw on the fire? Absolutely. This is a, a massive bugbear of mine. And listeners, please don't fall into this trap. I'm going to partially throw a friend of mine under the bus here. Um, his, his name's Adam, and he's a, a Carlton <laughs> supporter, which is a local team. And every time we play that team, the first thing he mentions is who's injured on the team and who they're missing in that particular game. And reality check, in sport, there are going to be injuries, especially a contact sport like the NFL. You're not going to have your entire cattle. It's, it's a given. All teams have to deal with it. The real litmus test for a successful organization is if you can withstand the injuries that occur during a season. And there's always going to be, like, there can be a critical mass where injuries are a genuine excuse if you lose an entire line, right? Or in the NFL, quarterback in particular is, is, is a spot you don't want to lose. But even then, I mean, Philadelphia showed that they won a Super Bowl with, I uh, remember they had Carson Wentz out, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles was out that year. And they went on and won with Nick Foles. So, Chargers fans, calm down. Everything's going to be okay. It's, it turns out that it, it's not a significant injury, which is great. But even if it is, you can win a Super Bowl with an injured player. It's going to happen. I think we've got to change the way and embrace, we kind of deal with these issues and embrace Coach Staley's positive can-do attitude. And uh, we can start 
on social media as fans. That's that's my two cents anyway. Do you feel the same way about that, Jack? Or are you kind of, uh, it, it happens and people vent their spleen? Uh, well, I think social media is always going to be a place where people vent their spleen and the, uh, the cuts and the scars run deep from previous head coach tenures and organisational failures and things. So I, I get it. Um, I find it a little bit weird that he's a little bit uncomfortable and now decides to get the surgery two weeks mm. out. Um, he's been paid, clearly. He's proven himself at the Chargers. So, you know, was he feeling a little bit uncomfortable in his last year at the Patriots? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to let those thoughts not creep too much into my head. He's out for two weeks. Uh, I've got the cornerbacks today and I think, you know, not to spoil anything, but we've got one of the deepest cornerback rooms or rosters, I should say, or rooms in the NFL. I think we're going to be okay. And if he's happy and that's what he wants, if it's, as you said, Andy, it's a, it's a more longer term injury and he's had it for a while, sort it out. Lovely. Let's go. Move on. We'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, they did say that he, he noticed or felt something two, two and a half weeks ago. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. And I, I guess that's sort of a fair window for due process to go, okay, can we, can we deal with this without going under the knife? Or if it was some kind of scope where they go in with a camera and that, and it's not that bad to sort of scrape out this little thing. Uh, they say two to four weeks. Um, so he might miss the first couple of games, but. Look, I'm interested to hear what you say about the depth of our, our cornerback room, Jack. So without further ado, we'll tick that off. On to the show. Let's go. We're going to run through any up-to-date roster changes today, how training camp's traveling heading into the final preseason match, a couple of tidbits from week two across the league, the other games there, and a little bit of what we can hopefully look forward to uh, in week three. But before we do all that, 32-18, Dallas Cowboys defeat the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. And after the ranting and raving from the joint practices this past week, this was a pretty flattening result, uh, to say the least. Scoreline, irrelevant, it's preseason, uh, but the actual, the crux of it kind of stunk. Uh, let's, let's, Let's start somewhere. Let's break down the offensive position groups first. Jack, get us started with some observations from the quarterbacks. Please. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been dicked in this podcast by some of the positional groups that I've got, but that's okay. We'll, we'll it's because you took last week off, mate. That's right. Fair that's enough. Fair enough. No, I'll, Can't have I'll, a long I'll, weekend and bitch about a four-day week. I'll, I'll wear that one. Uh, listen, what can you say? There's, obvious, there's, uh, there's some articles going around at the moment about how um, Easton Stick is fine for the second position from Chase Daniel. I didn't think Easton Stick actually played that that poorly. Uh, he made some good throws. There were some anticipatory throws that I thought oh, I, I haven't seen from him before. Um, I mean, the, the turnover throw was pretty poor. I think I uh, I was on the the social media Twitter for a bit and just commented on uh, shocking throw, really poor platform, and just skied it. Um, but I thought, you know, for a young quarterback to come back after that and complete some of the foes and move the ball up and down the field like he did, showed a bit of grit. Um, Chase Daniel, what can you do? You're sort of playing with third and fourth stringers. So in my mind, um, nothing too much out of, came out of the, the quarterback battle there. But Easton Stick is, is making some progress, be it very little. Uh, but, but it was good to see. What do you, what do you think, Al? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I agree that he's shown development, but I just want to see a more complete performance where he's not doing those one or two things that make you go, Oh, okay. He, he probably can't cut it. Cause I agree with that first interception. It was, you know, no, you're down in distance. It's second and nine. I understand you're trying to force a play. He's done well to step up into the pocket, heaves a deep to two on one. Can't do it on second and nine. Check and that then ball I'll down. Check it down. Mm. And it was open. There was, there was mm. a check down Big available. Down. Oh, for sure. And, I agree with you, Jack. Then he made a few good plays. In fact, he went deep to Josh Palmer. Mm. I think it might have even been the very next pass. But then I remember there was an inaccurate throw to Larry Roundtree on a swing pass in the red zone where, you know, he got a chance for a touchdown and he's missed him by about six inches. And that was it's the just a game one of, again. Wasn't yeah, it? the loopy one. And then he ended with a strip sack turnover to end the yeah. first half as well. Yeah, that's So, yeah, I thought he was better last week. Um, yeah. Well, how about you, Andy? What do you think of Easton or, or Chase Daniel? Yeah, I think you've, um, sort of nailed it, uh, with Easton Sick. One thing on that, like, if you're, if you're going to force the play, so if, you know, if it's a third and long situation and, you know, you're two minute drill and you got to make that, that throw or whatever, um, 
if you throw into too deep coverage, it's two on one on the sideline. Make the ball relatively uncatchable. You just you mm. got to throw that shit half out of bounds. Um, put it only where uh, Josh Palmer could have caught it. So um, yeah, he he sort of he did just sort of jumped up into the pocket and then kind of got a bit big for his boots and yeah, just sort of heaved it over. Um, he did recover nicely. Uh, used his feet well. He was statistically our best rusher. <laughs> we get to that. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought Daniel, Daniel for the, yeah, the third sort of stringers, um, probably outplayed stick. I think he controlled the game a little bit better in the second half. Mm. Uh, Storm Norton was no good, not helpful when he was on the field. Um, what I want to know though, you're talking a lot about like this QB two, QB three battle. Is there actually a battle? I don't think they care. I don't think they, they care at all. They're just going, we're keeping three and these guys just get half the snaps each but the mantra is competition and relationships. That's our way. That's Staley's our way is the competition and relationships. Yeah. Um, and we've got the relationships factor. The three of the three quarterbacks in the room get along really well, but I just don't see the competition. There's absolute daylight between QB one and either or. Um, but what does it sort of say to the rest of the team? If they're just going, Oh yeah, the QBs are just the QBs, but everyone else has to fight like a dog. Um, to get there. And, and what's interesting as well, Andy, job. is Telesco usually holds things pretty tight under the vest and he's mm. gone onto the telecast and announced that they're keeping yeah. three of them. Yeah. Which was odd. I wonder if there's a reason for that, if there's some strategy involved. I know it makes more sense. I'm sorry to the listeners. I'm not 100% across the rules of COVID at the moment, but there is an element of keeping three QBs in the event that you have one of those disasters. Yeah. So perhaps that's factoring into the decision that you, yep. you know, you need to bat three deep. But, uh, look, I would have liked, to, we made it clear in our roster predictions and preferences that we wanted to take two with us. So yeah. I mean, p- perhaps it's uber Machiavellian here and we might be paying the organization far too much credit. But if we have, if we have shown that we've got two capable backups on our roster, come week eight, a team loses a quarterback. I mean, there are other options out there, but I'm some glass half full here, is that you could easily shop one around for a second or a third round draft pick. Listen, I'm not buying I'm, your premise, Jack. And okay, I don't know if fine, they either fine. I don't know if either have shown themselves to <laughs> Listen, I'm just get trying to think in a hot I'm just bag of go, ass. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to go glass half full here. I mean it's not like yeah. we have it. But I mean there's that. I mean Love your optimism. What I wanted to do what I wanted to did oh sorry, that's shocking. I've had three beers, but uh, what I did want to note is that <laughs> Uh, what a Matt's great teacher, case, right? <laughs> what a great case study in how there's such a talent gap between QB one and someone like a Eastern Stick. Justin Herbert made mistakes in his first game that he has never made again. In his second game, he made mistakes that he's never made again. And that time that he that the uptake time between mistake and actually correcting it is arguably a week or two. Whereas Eastern Stick has had years in the system and has had years to develop, still makes those same quite simple, maybe let's not say simple, but quite basic mistakes that we've got. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see that as a case study, looking at your backups versus your number ones. And there's a clear, whether it's a processing speed or just the intangibles of learning. Um, it, it's really, really quite interesting and. I just can't wait to see Justin Herbert take the field in week one. Hopefully it doesn't yeah. stink it up. Uh, because, you know, we've seen Patrick Mahomes out there. We've seen bloody Josh Allen's throwing, throwing balls in preseason games. Yeah. I hope, I hope we're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, let's go on to the wide receivers. Alistair. I think it's easy to start with the player of the game in this one. And it's the great and fast developing Josh Palmer who made three plays, each of which were pretty special in their own right and hmm. showcasing uh, variety in his skill set, I didn't necessarily know he possessed. I mean, yeah. you've seen examples of it last year, but he had a, one big overhead, essentially contested catch on the deep one. Uh, then he had one that showcased his route running, where I think it was uh, Deron Bland, the cornerback in the slot. He's kind of whipped in, out, and then p- after catch, he's made two defenders miss. And then the screen pass for the touchdown, which showcased electric speed. I didn't yeah. know he had. And then off he goes. Concussion protocol, apparently, but he's yeah. he's now out of that, which is good, based on the coach today. That was the clear takeaway for me. Jack. Oh, 
I I think I tweeted it out as well. He's an amalgam of heart somewhere between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. He's got this power and ability to get up and and grab the jump ball, but also got this bizarre speed that just came out of nowhere. But not just speed, but power at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm super excited. Uh, and another one, I, I cannot speak about the wide receivers and just say, can we please get Michael Bandy on this roster? Can we please find Michael Bandy a spot? He is your Wes Welker. He is your Dan- Danny Amendola. He is your Cole Beasley type, whatever. He just finds space under or over the, the defense. And I love it. And like, he High praise. I love him. I love him. And our good dear friend Kyle, uh, I saw him on Twitter. He'd, he'd written, oh, yeah, he's, he's 7-Eleven. He's not oh, always yeah. doing business, but he's always open. He's always open, baby. <laughs> yeah, oh. I've got, I was going to steal that one as well. I think um, Dan Wade as well was uh, in on that too. Um, yeah, uh, he's really pushing his case as the backup kick returner behind Carter as well. I mean, look, no, no one did particularly well on any returns. But, you know, he knows what the coach wants, positional versatility. Uh, he's a workhorse in two phases. That's the kind of guy you want in your, your locker room. Jalen hey, Guyton. Catch, catches oh, every target his way as well, which is yeah. shown pretty, pretty good hands. Yeah. Um, look, Jalen Guyton, I'll, I'll jump on him. Uh, pretty quiet again. Decent route for that first, that first down and probably unlucky not to get a pass interference his way. I uh, probably expect yep. to see a bigger role out of him this coming week because Palmer will miss because of concussion protocol. Will he miss? Be- yeah, I think he'll miss. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, bigger role this week. Uh, interested to see if he takes advantage of that um, and pleads his case for a wide receiver five role. Yeah. Um, not much else notable about the other no, wide Trevon receivers. Bra- Trevon Bradford, Bradford wasn't bad. Yeah, maybe yeah, last play. Squad. And Joe yeah. Reid, I thought, flashed as well. Joe Reid had a couple of catches too. So, yeah. And yeah. and if we're going to be down on someone, uh, Jason Moore was targeted eight times and caught two of them. So, I thought yeah. it was interesting. It looked like they were going at him quite a bit, but he just he missed a bunch of opportunities to make a play and Kelvin Joseph was covering him and that's pretty tough. He's a second-round draft pick and he got the better of poor old Jason Moore. So, that was, yeah. that was a cross from me. Yeah, I'll um, I'll ask I'll ask you this, Al. Um, what do what do you reckon we need to see? Or either of you, whoever wants to jump in, what do you reckon we need to see from Bandy this week to, like I said, really push his case beyond doubt as a fifth or potential sixth receiver on the roster? Are we getting more special teams and pass coverage versatility with guys like Leonard or Gilman or Webb than we would on special teams and offense with Michael Bandy? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I I have I have minimal doubt in my mind that he's a kind of guy who. Uh, we'll see, like, we'll see him get claimed off waivers as soon as he, um, kind of gets his ticket stamped, if it happens. So, what do you reckon? I know that, I know the DB, go for it. I I mean, I'll start. I think he's a hometown hero. He's a California boy. Uh, so there's that. What else do we need to see from him? Yeah. The special teams versatility. I mean, he hasn't dropped a punt. He hasn't muffed a, he hasn't muffed a kickoff. I think if he has another six to eight catch game for 70, 80 yards, how can you, how can yeah. you not pick him up? How, just how, how can you not? He's, as I said, he's always open and it gives us something that we haven't had. Keenan has always been able to get open, um, in, in, in a, in a variety of different ways, whether that be down the field, across the field, but, uh, and Guyton is that one trick pony to a point where he's just speed. Bandy is, Something that we have, I cannot remember having, perhaps other than maybe like a Danny Woodhead type, that guy that is able to get in and under and find those creases within that sort of that, that, that I guess, five to 12, five to 15 yard spot. Um, and it's, he's always going to be that third or fourth read, right? But if he's going to be that third or fourth read and he's not dropping passes far out, I mean, that's, that's a safety blanket. And also considering that our tight end room is not particularly deep as well. Alistair, what say well, you? I mean, I've, that, co- I've covered a lot there. So. No, no, no. My, my concern for Bandy is for him to make the roster. M- my suspicion is the coaches are going to be more concerned at some injuries that are popping up in other rooms. So when you've got Spiller having hurt his ankle and the tight ends being what they are and some cornerback stuff going on with soft tissue injuries, my suspicion is they might want to shore up those position groups by carrying one extra. Whereas mm. with our wide receivers... 
suddenly that is the deepest position group almost on the team. And everyone above him, you could argue Guyton has it, but everyone above him has looked really good from Keenan to Mike to Josh Palmer to DeAndre Carter. Mm -hmm. So it is a real luxury to carry a sixth wide receiver when none of our tight ends are healthy. And so you look, uh, but I'm with you, Jack. If he was to say he has a hundred yard game in this third preseason game, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the difference, but it's going to be tough for him. Mm. Yeah. I just, uh, I think if Jalen Gutton really gets an opportunity and doesn't take it and Bandy, yeah, shows out, who knows? Don't, uh, don't count it out. Running backs. Not a good day for the running backs. Um, once again, it was clear in the, the play calling, um, what Staley wanted to see out of this offense and run, run, uh, especially on the, it just, it almost looked from the, the first drive that, uh, it, it just wasn't going to be the, the run blocking was breaking down early and we'll, we'll get into the, um, the line, uh, in a bit, but it was a real step back to be honest, um, from any sort of promise we've seen or felt from the last week. Um, yeah, none of these guys stepped up to the, um, to the quota. What a, anyone that you want to pick on in particular, but yeah, like you mentioned, unfortunate about the, in, uh, injury to Isaiah Spiller, but, um. That seems yeah. to be week to week. He may mm. be touch and go for the Raiders yeah. game, which will be a shame. It's yeah. good that Josh Kelly has shown a bit. He was very, he looked pretty good last week. This week, not so much with the seven rushes for 18 yards. Something that stood out to me is why we're not giving Xander Horvath more opportunities to mm. touch the ball. I mean, looking at his snap counts, Gabe Neighbors had 13 snaps and, and Horvath was only on the field for four snaps. So yeah. I don't, I ask why. I mean, is he maybe such a lock that they're not playing him in the pet preseason? That's one end of the spectrum that he's had such a good time that they're giving neighbors more snaps. Or is it the other way and neighbors is in the driver's seat and maybe he doesn't make the roster? Which of those two do you think it might be, Jack? Uh, the optimist in me wants to think that he's a lock, but yeah. it, it's, it's, it's probably neighbors, uh, you know, there's that we think about culture and we think about continuity and we think about, Justin Herbert and the relationship the he has with I know, I know. Um, I, I, listen, I still saw, I still saw enough from Joshua Kelly to be like, oh, wow, this guy's still got a bit of pep in his step. Is there a bit of power mm. there? Um, will he be able to keep it up for the whole year? That's remains to be seen. And what help, sorry, what hope do you have when you don't have much help on the offensive line running the ball? I mean, it's, it's a big point. Yeah. There's, there's not much there. So. For the pop that and the endeavour, shall I say, that Joshua Kelly and, and Spiller, and to be honest, Roundtree to a point as well, there was still there was still something there. Um, good to see, but yeah, a pretty shocking day for for the, for the RB room. Yes, Alistair, anything further from you? Nor Xander Horvath, give him more snaps. Jack, the tight end group. Oh, oh yeah, I really, have, <laughs> <laughs> I really struggled with some of these names. I must admit. Uh, when Sage Surratt is the fifth-ranked offensive player for the day, you're probably not having the best day out. Um, and then you had Eric Cromenhoek, I believe that's how you pronounce it, and then Hunter Campomoya. Uh To the listeners and the viewers, uh, I was stuck at a, not stuck, I chose to stay very late at a first, our Australian rules football game, the school that I, I'm a middle school coach, I watched the senior boys play, um, and my lift was a bit late. So I sat in the cold and wet and I actually sat there watching this game on my phone. And uh, it was a very comical sort of situation where I'm watching over and over and over offensive snaps, trying to see what Sage Surratt, Eric Cromenhoek and Hunter Campermoyer are doing at 9.30 at night whilst I wait for my fiancé to pick me up. And to be honest, I couldn't see much. So I don't have too much here other than Sage Surratt blocked okay. From, from what I saw, um, had, had a, had a PFF rating of close to 70. Andy, anything from you that you saw that was interesting? We've got to help him out, Andy. There's not, uh, I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a song this week, I'm afraid, but we, <laughs> um, it, again, it seems that if they're going to carry a fourth, which I'm not sure if they are, they use Hunter Camp Moyer predominantly as a, as the run blocker when they're in the I formation. You might have Horvath at fullback and then Camp Moyer as your inline tight end. Yeah. Sage Surratt is very undersized for a tight end. He's basically a jumbo wide receiver. 
Um, so he, he kind of stands out as being a bit more athletic and he's making plays out in the flat. Um, and then Croman Hoke, I, all I noticed is him getting pushed back on one right into his own running back and it kind of resulted in a TFL. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to look at Croman Hoke again. Uh, (laughs) forgive and forget. No, no, not when it's a competition, but yeah, none of them are standing out as obvious roster candidates. One of them might kind of fall into a role because every other fool ahead of them has got a soft tissue injury at the minute in the tight end room. (sighs) Pain in the ass. And isn't it bad just to stop for a second that the position groups we've been slightly concerned with heading into the year, linebacker, tight end, are the ones where we have these soft tissue injuries. Mm. Or ankle surgery, yes. you know, tranquil and uh, yeah, canine and yeah, and all the tight ends. So I don't know. I hope they just magically appear together on mass in week one and they hit the ground running. But there's a little bit of concern there from my perspective. Look, we've also said that in Staley's offense and defense, those are the two perhaps un- most or least valued positions. So go figure. I mean, I'd rather carry three tight ends and have Bandy as a, as a fifth or sixth uh, or sixth receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's my, that's, for, that's, that's my opinion. What's anything from you, Andy? Did yeah. You, I mean, you, did you do any be... game tape on Campbell Moyer? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I did keep more of a closer eye after Sage Surratt's name was burned into my brain after <laughs> the serenade last week on the show. <laughs> I can't believe that you tried to, and I almost committed to singing the second chorus with you. Which well, Kev, I know Kev is listening. Worse. Kev Diego doesn't want me to sing ever again. He's just said, "Don't do that." Thanks. So, <laughs> so, so the listeners have spoken loudly that that will not happen again under any circumstance, unless he makes the team. Then I'm going to have to to belt one out. Yeah, it'll be oh, God knows. Um, yeah, look. The issue with just saying, yeah, I'd rather have three tight ends and Bandy as a sixth receiver is that all of these guys, and yeah, Trey McKitty's brief in his career thus far, but Gerald Everett's ne- hasn't always been available for the previous teams he's been on. Parham obviously had that sickening injury last year and is now hampered with a hamstring, I believe. So you just run a risk of, if you don't have that f- that fourth tight end available, um you, we need one of our, and look, our other, I mean, you, you, then you're relying on sort of a Josh Palmer t- to, to block, uh, or Xander Horvath. So yeah, there's not much to watch from the tight end room. Um, is, I mean, just on that one, but is, but is anyone picking up Surratt, Crom and Hock or Campbell off a practice squad? I, I, I wouldn't have thought so. So, I mean, I wouldn't have let, thought let, so. Let's, if you've got that. Oh if yeah, you, so if, just if keep him there six. and you can bring him up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. But, oh well, look. All right, Alistair, the offensive line. Bit more to tuck into with these these big fellas. Um, and just the starting lineup was Zach Bailey at left tackle, Brendan Hymer's left guard, Will Clapp centre, Zion right guard, Storm Norton right tackle. And then there were other people coming into the game from there. Uh, I'm going to double down on what I highlighted last week, which is Jamari Solia is standing out in the best possible way. Oh, yeah. Massive. He had 31 pass-blocking snaps, zero pressures. Um, you could see some athletic limitations when he was asked to pull on one outside zone run on Spiller's first carry. So, But I think that's what we knew about him coming in. He's not athletically gifted. But tell you what, he looks pretty sound in pass protection. And he's not going to start. He's going to be a backup of interior guard. Maybe he can start in the years to come when someone... You know, people like Filer might have to leave in free agency, but I'll start with our sixth round pick because I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Jaime's, uh sort of struggled a little bit in pass protection. I thought he sort of went backwards a little bit this week. Um, Pipkin seems to, and as of today, he got named as the starting right tackle, so congratulations to him and... Not formally, but no? essentially. No, Staley wanted to say it's still a battle and we'll tell you when it's done. But right. the reporters but there the are moment, tweeting. He's the, guy. he's the first yeah, team yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, um, potatoes, potatoes. He'll get there yeah. eventually. Okay. Uh, well, that's cool. Uh, I, that's from what I saw on, on the weekend. Um, there were better things out of Pipkins than there were at Norton. So, I'm cool with that. If that's what it's got to be. Yeah, so yeah. It's looking fantastic. 
Jack, I'm really interested to know or just hear you gush a bit about the offensive oh. line and um, some of these new guys. We uh, didn't hear you about uh, it last week. No, no. I mean, Sawyer this week I thought stood out, uh, as you pointed out, Alistair, among all of them, I thought. Uh, his his pass blocking especially was very, very, very good. You're right, limited physically, but I don't think that's what we're going to need of him. I, I love the big boys, and I just know for the next however long that we're going to have Slater, Johnson, and those are going to be the anchors on the line. Those are going to be the anchors on the line. Zion Johnson, again, was, I thought, uh, popped out on tape as well. Not making many mistakes. You can see that he's learning. His footwork, I think, is improving from week to week. And his ability, his pop, the strength that he's got in that first mm. contact with defensive linemen is something else. He is yep. an absolute weapon. And yep. I just, I love watching it. I think sitting in the rain, watching tight ends, what really got me excited was watching his pop in, the, in a couple of those first drives. That strength yep. that he's got in his hands is phenomenal. Yep. There were two runs in particular. He sealed the play side defensive oh, tackle on, on an outside fantastic. run to Roundtree. And then there was an inside gap run that Kelly got through for nine yards that I think was doing the rounds on Twitter where you can see that lateral movement and strength in conjunction. He looked the goods. No pressures given up um, from his pass blocking snaps either. Yeah. Uh, the other quick one I'll mention, Andy, is I thought Will Clapp was way better this week, the centre. Yeah. And since he appears to be a lock to make, make the roster as a ninth offensive lineman because someone yeah. has to be a backup centre, it's him or that hunter, I think. He's Ryan Hunter, Hunter, yeah. Ryan Hunter, um, yeah. Will Clapp was better this week. I thought he really Much struggled better. last week. This one, centre looked fine. No pressure up the middle. Didn't miss any blocks or assignments. Yep. Foster Sorrell, is that, is that even – he played he played close to 60 snaps. Not bad. There was one bull rush where Sam Williams got a sack on him, I thought, but um, I don't know. I'm not – practice squad candidate. The, exactly. the, the line gave up three sacks, and it was those fringe players. It was Hunter, Sorrell, Bailey. So that's what you want to see. It's not It's not Zion Johnson and the ones that matter. How, how yeah. lucky are we sitting here talking about these guys, and I reckon four years ago we'd be going, oh, he's going to have to start – Oh, oh well, he'll be okay. Oh, it's so yeah, exciting. We're being pretty ungrateful, just bitching and moaning about the right tackle situation. Although it was blaringly obvious to do something about it, but you know, um, yeah, it is a it's a real treat to be feeling this way. Um, anything, any themes or uh, particulars about the offensive as a whole, play calling, anything, guys that um, you took of note, Jack? Oh, I just thought um, our wide receivers are getting open, so there's some familiarity with the entire offense around this, uh, around um, the schemes that we run. I just think, uh, yeah, as I said, Chase Daniel and Easton Stick are making passes, and that's more than I can say for watching preseasons in the past, where it's yes, yeah. sometimes a real struggle to move the ball down the field. Um, yeah. yeah, there's there seems to be. Every player isn't making glaring mistakes. There doesn't seem to be the ones where, you know, it's meant to be a curl inside and the quarterback throws it and the, and the, the, the wide receiver curls outside and it's a mm. complete miscommunication. So there seems to be a lot more control and a lot more calmness in, in, in the, uh, in the quarterbacks all the way through. Al, what's yep. that you? Yeah. To that point, the third down efficiency was good. Seven of mm. 15. What do you want to see? Um, but a lot of room for improvement because the rush, the rushing was really poor. Uh, they, it was 25 carries, 77 yards, three, three yards per tote. So yeah. not good, not good enough. I'm sure that'll be the Crash focus it. heading into this last game. The play calling is geared towards giving these guys a chance to make the team and let's see what they can bring to the table. Yep. Uh, and just for me, a couple of untimely penalties on big plays, charges, doing charges things. And uh, the two first half turnovers can't win a game with minus two in the turnovers for mine. So, a bit disappointing, but we move forward and hopefully we see yeah. a better turnout next week. On to the yep. defense, Jack with the edge rushes. Well, uh, a name jumped out at me, and that's uh, I'll go on with the one that you think I'm going to do. Was Carlo Kemp? Carlo yeah. Kemp. Wow, yeah. what a what a game! This this guy popped off the. I think what he had, he had three total pressures, uh, one quarterback hit. Uh, three tackles, uh, one assist. This guy sort of 
and he was sort of around the ball out of that left um, outside linebacker position. So I, I was really impressed at that. Yeah, um, yeah. And the fact that he's, he's a no-namer and he's coming into this defense says something about the scheme and says something about, again, the control of what and the, the messaging and understanding of what everyone needs to do. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was great. Uh, I also thought Jamal Davis was, was really fun to watch too. He's, he's that going to be that, whether he makes the squad or not. Um, I'm not sure, but if he's stashed on the practice squad, I think he's got the intangibles to be someone fun to watch, but it all goes back to Mr. Chris Ruff. Uh, the, yep. if, if we talk about a gentleman who has clearly gone away and not only worked on one facet of his game, but he's worked on his technique. He's worked on his strength. He's worked on his um, his agility. And I was watching in his pass rush moves. He's actually got a suite of them. He doesn't just have one. He doesn't go to the well every time with a bull rush or he's not trying to always spin outside. There's actually some variety in his game. And that's, I think, that connection with Joey Bosa. You hear Joey Bosa in the, the mic'd up. He always talks about, oh, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. You add Khalil Mack in there. You yeah. add, um, you know, he's obviously learning from the best. So really wonderful to see. I thought he showed grown man strength. What a great option for the third pass rush. Awesome. Yeah. I thought he was the best player on defense again, even though it was limited. He just popped and he was saying on Chargers Weekly last week, you know, last year wasn't me. This is back to me being me. He was really speaking quite seriously about how much last year embarrassed him and his personal brand, which I think is being a bit tough on himself. He's a first-year yeah, player. He mm. knew he came in um, like a matchstick kind of thin and had to put on the weight. It's clear that he's put in the effort and he's le- he's got the best to learn from, as you said, Jack. Um, oh, yeah, so that anyway, well, a- Andy, I'll let you mention something. No, 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 that's too. all that's We all always we steal your thunder. We just rabbit, blah, 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 <laughs> go on and on and on and leave you with nothing to say. No, that's fine. I usually jump in when I feel like uh, you guys have missed something. But yeah, Rumpf, um, Carlo Kemp and Jamal Davis were the three guys of note for me okay. off the well, edge. I'll, I'll, so I'll jump into them. the interior. I'll, 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 I'll just say though, I'll, t- I'll tear them. I, I, if, if it's a choice on my notes, I've written on Carlo Kemp almost game. Mm. Almost had an interception on a batted pass. Almost yeah. had a sack of Danucci. Whereas Jamal Davis, I thought was just slightly ahead. He had an inside move for a tackle for loss. He had another tackle for loss after that. I think he's just ahead of Kemp. If we're going to be ranking them, I've seen more from Jamal Davis. Fair um, point. Anyway, if there's nothing else, I'll move on to the defensive tackle group. Which again was, you know, somewhat not underwhelming, but there wasn't someone, well, not too many players who consistently showed up. I actually had a negative note that stood out to me, which was Jerry Tillery and Morgan Fox. You do not want them both on the field on early <laughs> rundowns. Neither of them can play the run particularly well. They were being pushed back frequently, sealed easily. Uh, yeah, both looked really bad against the run. That's, that's my note. Yep, that's fair. Uh, for me, uh, big Joey G, Joe Gaziano's, uh, big sack on the, the inside stunt. That was really fun to watch. He just cannonballed in there. Um, run defense was okay, but most of the help came from the secondary, the linebackers and the defensive backs. Yeah. Um, five missed tackles again on run plays. Uh, and actually a note, the, um, the majority of our tackles, uh, were being made four yards past the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah. four, ta- four players registered to tackle within three yards of the line of scrimmage, which is just unacceptable, personally. Mm. Um, Jack? Uh, a bit disappointed that Obonia didn't really do too much either. I mean, I think he's going to take a little while to develop. He was taken relatively late, so I, I would have liked to see a little bit more out of him, but he's probably got a couple of years in the strength and conditioning room before I think he's going to make an impact. And I don't know where Jerry Tiller is. I'm really, I, we bash him a bit here, but where does he fit in? I have no idea. I, will, will his play raise when he's got um, the starters around him? I, I just don't know. He might not Absolutely. get the chance if he doesn't show something in this last game. Well, that's it. He's the sixth DT, if any. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So anyway. Linebacker Sandy. Linebackers indeed. Um, it seemed like a, a fair, fair more dulcet appearance from the linebackers this week. Troy, Troy Reader, especially noticeably quieter. Um, Damon Lloyd sort of looked to be amongst the action, but relatively ineffective. 
Uh, I guess Cole and, and I, Cole Christensen was handy in coverage. Uh, had a nice mm. pass breakup. That's kind of all I've got on the the linebacker group. Mm. Uh, Jack, what did you see out of them? Um, I kind of liken them to a hamster on a wheel. They look like they're running really, really fast and there's lots of movement, but is it actually really going anywhere or is much happening? So, uh, no, I, there's, there wasn't too much that, that I sort of saw. Um, I mean, Ogbongamiga played okay, had, had a nice couple, but he was, he was hard. He was only on the field for 27 snaps or something. So yeah, yeah. I thought he yeah. was the, the pick if you had was to choose pick. one. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I was disappointed to, to see was, once I saw Nick Neiman in the game, I really clued into him because I'm quite keen to see what he can be because he's a fantastic athlete, played really well on special teams last year. And I saw he was mugged up in the A-gap. They were going to bring him on a blitz on one run. And then he stunted around and he could have got Cooper Rush, but he didn't get there. And then I thought he did struggle against the run as well. And he, he's because he's more of an athletic guy, he's maybe a little lighter than the, Light, yeah. the bigger yeah. linebackers and he was being pushed off the ball. So... Nobody really stood out in the linebacker group. Um, yeah, a couple of down groups in a row, but um, maybe onto the mm. cornerbacks. I think you've got those ones, Jack. Yeah, I do. Uh, I've, I've done the typical teacher thing, and I've got some names here with ticks beside them and some crosses and some unhappy faces. So, uh, <laughs> so what year are you teaching? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're 12? Um, <laughs> kids are soft these days, no. Uh, so I bet... Edit that out. Lot- <laughs> yeah. No, all the students <laughs> I teach are wonderful, wonderful young people. I love you all. Uh, and I respect all of you. Um, Michael yes. Davis, I gave three ticks. Edit, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> he only played uh, five total snaps. But listen, if he's going to be our quarterback for, as I alluded to earlier in the show, he is, um, if, if he's our worst corner or our fourth or fifth corner, then I think this is a pretty deep group. Uh, Kemon Hall, I've given one tick. I thought he, he, he looked okay. Um, his coverage grade was probably the best out of all of them. He was about 70, uh, hovering around 70%. So and he played around 30 snaps. Asante Samuel, you can't really say much. He only played five. Uh, Jasia Taylor, uh, I thought he was, he sort of popped on a couple of plays with his speed. Um, his run defense was, was better. His coverage was quite poor. And unfortunately, Dean Leonard is having a, a, a bit of a shocker. Uh, he's had a couple of shockers in, in a row. Is he so making the roster? I am struggling to see that he will. Yeah, Me too. Because I've actually been quietly impressed with Jasir Taylor, mainly for his flexibility. He can play in yeah. the slot. And uh, look, I haven't seen him bust a coverage or anything like that. It looks like they're generally not throwing in his direction too much. And as you say, they sent him some kind of a slot corner run blitz and he made managed to oh, affect the play. So, so oh, his, his, um, his, his, his run defense is near elite in, um, yeah. per PFF, which is, which I, and you, and I, you could see that there's, there's a bit of, there's real speed there. Um, Good recognition. Which is fantastic. Yeah. He yeah, looks yeah, like, he looks like he's come in and the game isn't too fast for him. Yep. Uh, whereas Dean Leonard and, I, I think one of the one of the new safeties is uh, they're, it's they're just a bit too slow for it at the moment. Um, I will bash Brandon Sebastian again. I hope he gets cut and never sees a football field. Awful stuff. Uh, Seventy yards on three receptions thrown his way, and there was one of them. He just had absolutely no clue where the ball was. Uh, Safety's Alistair. That's all I've got. Oh, wow. Whack. <laughs> okay, safeties. And I think we all have a salutary lesson to learn from the, the first two games and what we've seen from JT Woods. And that is fan expectations around third-round draft picks perhaps need to change with certain exceptions like running backs who can hit the ground running. But... Everyone when we they that when JT Woods was drafted saw the athletic traits, saw that he'd led college football in interceptions, and automatically assumed he's going to come in from day one and look like a, a starting caliber player. Whereas, mm. and Bucky Brooks says this all the time: the goal with third round draft picks generally is after one or two full seasons, you hope they can become a starter. Mm. Yeah. And with JT Woods, I think we've seen everything that they were saying in the lead up to the draft. The speed is clearly on display. 
So, so is taking poor angles to the ball, uh, missing pass breakups when he had an opportunity, missed tackles. He missed two tackles in this game. Yep. Um, so yeah, look, I think there's lots of work needed before this guy can see the field at NFL level in anything more than a very limited capacity. Sort of the role that Alohi Gilman was playing last season, where he's maybe in the red area because he's big. Um, but I was a little disappointed. You can see flashes, but he looks oh, quite a long way off the pace against backups. Yeah. Am I being too, am I being too harsh? No. Well, he was the 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 safety that I was alluding to in terms of. It just seems like the game's still a bit too fast for him. And even though he's got that athletic ability, he's a player drafted for his traits rather than kind of his f- overall footballing ability. Um, so there are going to be growing pains. And um, if you're expecting a lot, then it's going to bite you on the ass uh, for him to come in and, and do a big job this year. Uh, him and Raheem Lane... Um, 100% reception rate when thrown to 37 combined yards of the total 134. Um, yeah, kind of looked a little lost at times on special teams as well, old JT. So unfortunate. Um, I'm really f- wanting to fly the flag for Dean Leonard, Jaseer Taylor and JT Woods. Jaseer Taylor's kind of making it a little bit easier than the other two, but I still have faith. So, um, one week to go. One week to prove it, guys. Yep. Um, any points overall? I think for me, uh, the defense overall, I don't think there were any penalties on defense this week, which is a big win. I might be wrong on that, but um, it was far less noticeable if there were. Um, Jack, anything for you that you noticed? Oh, I just I, I did want to just touch on um, on uh, JT Woods. Oh, sorry. I jumped over you there. Yeah, that, that's okay. Uh Listen, if, if you go glass half full, is that he's going to be the third safety, perhaps even fourth safety. Uh, ben, uh, quietly, Ben DeLuca had an all right game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but Woods, but you know, there are rare players, and you're right, Andy, that he's been drafted for his traits, but there were times where you go, wow, that guy is fast. Mm. And what you've got to, I guess, restrict. Is that when he was is- chasing Turpin for the touchdown? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look fast to me there. No, but what if, if we can, if he's, if he's going to be a roaming, that, that, that roaming safety on top of the defense and he's got that speed, if he just gets it together, maybe give him two to three more months in a system behind and have someone like a Derwin James next to him telling him what's going to happen and telling him, you know, this is what you need to do. You know, there, there, there could be some stuff. There could be some stuff there. The intangibles are stuff that you can't buy. You can't, um, you can't, sorry, you can buy them. Uh, you just, you can't train them necessarily, but I I really hope that he, he can put his his reads together and um, maybe a year in the system. So yeah, but just hold. Overall, defensively, I thought it was again a bit of a meh game. Um, yeah, to be honest, not much for me that we haven't covered, Alistair. No, just the one point last week. I bemoaned the third down, um, allowing third down completions, and this week was much better. Only two of 12 completed by Dallas. So that's elite. They were elite on third down. But otherwise, if you actually analyze each position group, there wasn't too much to write home about. It seemed like the run defense was a little squishy um, and people weren't quite performing um, at the level you're expecting. But as Andy said, one more but, game against the Saints. Yeah, and not not bad, not great, just well, which is okay. If, if that's what backups are doing, cool. All right, on to special teams. I've got one word that we'll need to tick a box for when we're producing this video. Um, so I'll leave that. Return game was feeble. Uh, and that's just, that's before I even get to, um, any of the protection. Uh, Bandy Bradford nor Joe Reed sort of did anything to excite. Um, blocking was abysmal. There's no containment. On special teams, on on blocking or on sort of returning or you know protecting or coverage, uh, I'll leave it up to one of you because I'll blow an O ring uh, if I go on about the kick protection. So Jack, take it off me. Oh, I mean, you give up two touchdowns in a game the way that we did. I cannot imagine that that will happen again somehow. Just with the internal standards that they set, I can't imagine Fiken is going to be too happy. I mean, that's embarrassing. 
it's that's what it was. It's feeble and embarrassing for a new special teams coach to give up two touchdowns in a in a single game to the same player. That's not good. That is not good at all. He uh, looked. Did you see him on the sideline? He looked like yeah. some kind of lizard. Like Ooh, his tongue yeah. was darting out, the eyes were moving around. He, yeah. he looked like a reptile <laughs> who had not seen sun for a long time. And I don't know, two 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 touchdowns in a half, not in a game, yes. in a half. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, but you know what? I'll go glass half full the other way, which is how friggin' fast was this Cavonte Turpin dude? Oh, yeah, he, he actually made some outrageous moves. I mean, I was looking at the coverage going, okay, he sealed that block, he's missed... But he, Turpin also made some guys miss through pretty Big special speed. On the, so on the punt return on especially. He's uh, won himself a sure. job, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. good point. But yeah, not much else for me, but that's it. No, yeah, J.K. Pretty- Scott's still going with the hang time, which was good to see. No, I'm really liking I'm really liking the look of him as a punter. Yeah, we got pretty close on the gunning for that punt return TD, but we just don't have a gunner yet. So still some... Uh, the same sort of battles, I guess. If right tackle sort of locked up, we've still got the running backs. Um, we've still got you know special team, special teamers. Um, it's the same battles. I just feel yeah. like this game sort of asked more questions than answered them. Uh, yeah. when you look at it from a whole, which was just, I don't know. I guess with the hype that we've had this preseason up until even after last week, we go, ah, oh, we lost to the Rams. Result doesn't matter, but you know we're seeing good things. We're seeing a rejuvenated Josh Kelly. Then we see a backward step, and it's flattening, like I described it at the start. We move forward. We'll get onto the Saints uh, and next week's game in a little bit. Let's go around the league, Jack. What did you notice around the league? Just something, something fun that you picked up. Yeah, I've I've, I've got a couple of things, but I'll start with uh, I did share it on our NFL chat. I think. Um, I'm falling for Justin Fields. I'm really, really falling for Justin Fields. I think he looks great. Um, I think some of the throws he's making are fantastic, fitting them into some really tight windows. And he's got that athletic ability. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised about how I am gravitating towards watching Chicago because I'd like, to, I'm, I'm watching, uh, sorry, I'm liking what I see and watch out of Justin Fields. So good on you. Good on you, young man. Well done. I agree, but I'll let you volunteer uh, to watch the Chicago games this year. I've got a feeling they're, <laughs> they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle, yeah. but but he gives busy. he gives you something to watch, mm. like a mm. strong armed guy. I I was um caught by the Kansas City Chiefs and how they play all their starters and Mahomes is playing a half and made a few great throws, threw Looks two good. touchdown passes, looked real good. Kelsey was getting involved. They've got this wide receiver, Justin Watson, who played for the Bucks for four years, did nothing, and he's been the talk of training camp in Kansas City. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he had a couple of catches, and he might just be one of these annoying guys who pops up. Um, that's what happens when you've got a great quarterback, right? You kind of make receivers through chemistry and, and, and whatnot. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Carl Loftus had another sack. That's two in a row. Leo mm. Chanel, he showed up ah. and made some plays. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so the it's going to be the Chiefs fighting to kind of stay on top of the mountain and we're going to have to dethrone them. It's going to take a lot of it, a lot of work. They look, they look good. And like you were saying earlier, Jack, you do just get that tiny bit worried that our starters haven't taken a single snap in the preseason, although Coach Staley would say that the joint practices are even better, etc. I don't know. I've got to think that there's something about playing in a game. I just played a game of AFL social football with um, with employees and colleagues for the first time in five years. And the difference between training by yourself when you're just you know doing your own aerobic stuff versus suddenly in a game and you get bumped and you need to run and sprint, it's just a different kind of fitness. And I wonder mm. if there's not there's some given during the preseason. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of good teams in the AFC playing their starters, Josh Allen looked great uh, yeah. for the Bills. Three out of three, forty-five yards, and that TD throw was something else to to Gabe Davis. Their um, quarterback room is very nice. Case Keenan looked at home. Uh, ten point seven yards. I'd like him as our backup quarterback. Seriously, yeah, seriously. Exactly. Um, it's a they've got a really good backup situation. Khalil Shakir again. Uh, their 
Their run game looks ridiculously good. I really um, like him too. I, I like die too as well. Like I love Greg Rousseau too. Greg Rousseau's gonna be nasty, man, nasty. <laughs> and look, it's always good to see the donkeys cop a whopping a whooping. Hey, just um, just quickly, just quickly, can we cast our mind back to when we were trying to find tight end options and who we'd like on our team? What's going on with OJ Howard? There's something. There's something weird going on there. He looked. He looked stiff. He, he, he's on the. He, he's on the verge of being cut. I think. I, 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 really? I'm not sure if he's even going to find a spot. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks very, very, very stiff. Anyway, a nice pivot on tight ends. If you're into tight ends, go and watch the freaking Baltimore Ravens. I tell you what, they they've got this Isaiah Likely from oh, Coastal Carolina yeah. who had eight catches for a hundred. They've still got Mark Andrews, arguably yep. best tight end in the league or in that conversation. They've got their blocking guy Nick Boyle, and they took another guy in the fourth round, Charlie Kohler. I reckon that they're doubling down on this idea of everyone wants Lamar to get better at throwing outside the numbers. He's actually not that good at that. So we're not going to ask him to do that. We're going to trade away Marquise Brown and we're going to focus on getting all these tight ends, players who are good at getting open in the middle, and we're going to lean on this running game. They've got four, what looks like four very good tight ends. Give us one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just Just a healthy one. I'm going to eat some humble pie preemptively. Uh, I did watch the Jacksonville game, and I think I may have been wrong about my assessment of them. I think they actually might be okay. They might be a little bit frisky. So I said that they're going to Don't resile to... from your position so quickly based on hey, half of the hey. preseason game, Jack. No, no. There's, there's something about them. They look far more comfortable. They actually look like they're having fun. Like, uh, you know, their quarterback doesn't have a coach that is uh, grinding on women at a nightclub before coaching. <laughs> it actually looks like he's, you know, Trevor Lawrence is actually smiling. So that, that's that's quite nice. He gave it to Kembe Mutombo. He said, no, 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 because he fit it just over the court. Uh, if, I can't remember what the quarterback was, but he had a great throw. So um, I'm going to renege on that. Um, and the last bit of news from my end is that there's rumours that Ndamukong Sue is going to the Raiders, uh, which, uh. which I, read, I read the other day. So um, that's an interesting kind yeah. of... Uh, news report, and I, that makes me hate the Raiders even more. I didn't know I could actually do that, but there we go. Family trust respect, brother. Oh, yes. Family trust respect from me, too. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Romeo, Romeo Dobbs again. Mm. He's just got a drop, drop problem he needs to fix. Uh, lovely go up and get it touchdown catch there. Um, really fun. Uh, was it 51 yard touchdown run from Danny Etling as well? And Chris Olave looked all right. Um, yes. Two catches, 28 yards, and a score. That'll be a fun matchup next week for Davis Asante, one of the two. Um, Al, any other games or any other rookies that you saw? Former Charger Justin Jackson had seven carries for 54 yards for the Detroit Lions, and I've been enjoying watching them on hard knocks. They're quite a fun team, and they seem to have caught, captured the heart of the nation uh, over in the States. Has been quite a likable blue-collar team, and good to see Justin Jackson, who was a little unfortunate not to be re-signed. I mean, clearly injuries plagued him, but it was nice to see him doing well in his new home. Actually, speaking of former charges on the Lions, Eric Banks recorded a sack um, against Indy. And no Aiden Hutchinson, but they still seem to... To do all right. Uh, Desmond Patman. Desmond yeah. Patman. Yeah, Sean for the Colts. Five receptions, 103 yards, and a tutty as well. Kenny, Kenny Pickett seemed to improve a bit. Mm. Uh, six that's to seven, a, that's a super yards. interesting... Sorry to speak over yeah. your stats. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, uh, six of seven, 76 yards, uh, 10.7 per attempt, and a 151.5 rating. Yeah, not what's bad, interesting is all three quarterbacks seem to actually be playing quite well. Mm. You've got Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Pickett. I don't know which one's going to win. Um, they all seem better than Big Ben was at the end of, of his glorious career last year. Just a big blob sliding yeah. around the field. Um, yeah, give, <laughs> give Kenny a go in, um, <laughs> in a new uniform. He, looked pretty, he looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And can you remember a throwback to when we thought Jeffrey Okuda might have been a really good pick? As well for quarterback for us. What's happening there? What's he happening here? Pick, pick three overall. Yeah, pick three, and he's just gone to nowhere. I mean, he's. I think he he could possibly have won a starting position, but 
uh, yeah, he's been nowhere, which is re- which is a real shame. I mean, he he had some great traits. Hey, that, that was the last thing I had. So yeah. yep. Uh, good to see the Raiders as well struggling in coverage. They gave up 300 yards in the air to the Dolphins. Skylar Thompson looks like a handy backup. Might yeah. push Teddy Bridgewater. Who knows? They might take three. Um, all right, training camp. And leading up to the New Orleans Saints. What, uh, Jack, what, what can we look forward to? What have you seen? Uh, any guys in particular out of camp coming up in the last couple of weeks? We've missed your input on this. Uh, since you uh, well, other than the battles that you kind of spoke about, um, there's nothing too much I am necessarily looking for that probably hasn't already been covered. Um, so do you mind if I jump? Alistair was going to just jump to the New Orleans because I've got some notes about them. But, yeah, go um, for it. Yeah, fire yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, what I would like to see in this in this last game against the New Orleans um, is that they've got, if New Orleans play Ruiz. Throckmorton um, and Trevor Penning. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how someone like a Chris Rumpf goes up against a, a, a Trevor Penning, for example, yeah. who yeah. who has was much maligned saying that he's not going to be good enough um, coming out of college and he's going to take a year. He's actually been pretty damn good. So uh, I, I think... Against the run, yes. Against the pass, no. Oh, Which I, I, I think he's been... Well, he's been better than what people have predicted. Let's say that. Yeah, I was and, I was allergic to him, so uh, I'll be yeah very interested to watch the Rump first Penning battle. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's a it's a good chance to the you know the the New Orleans Saints have always built really well in the trenches, especially on the offensive line. So it'll yeah. be really just really good to see what the defensive line unit for us, even if it's our uh, seconds or thirds out there, how they take it to them. So th- that's what I'm most excited to see. Well, there's a job on the line for the interior defense. I mean, for sure. Covington, Gaziano, Fehoko, no one's really separated themselves. And as you say, Jack, they build strong from the interior New Orleans. So I'll, that might be the position group I'm probably most interested to see play, mm. other than the running backs. Um, just other news for Chargers fans was the return of, of kind of Kenny Murray to training. And I thought he spoke quite passionately about the difficulty he's had over the last 12 months. He seemed frustrated. He seemed angry. And he seemed like he wants to uh, kind of right past wrongs and kind of live up to his first round billing and kind of reclaim his name. He, he, he was mm. basically oh, wow. steam was coming out of his ears. He, he was really disappointed. He's saying, it's not me. Uh, you know, this is not who I am. Very unlucky ankle injury. The poor guy's just rolled it on a goalpost or whatever it, that originally triggered this now 12 months of debilitating injury. So there's a reason why the team let Kaiser White walk. They thought Kenny Murray has it in him to be a starting middle linebacker. And he's had a slow start to the offseason again, but now there's two weeks to ramp him up. Staley was saying that goal is for him to play in week one against the Raiders. So we'll see wow. how it goes. Okay. Yeah, listening, listening I to him. I didn't talk. know that. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the goal. It's aspirational. Who knows, right? Yeah. They, they also want JC Jackson back in two weeks. Um, yeah. But I'll be watching him. It's a shame we won't see him this week, but just something. It's good news, at least, that he's back on the turf practicing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. You never like to see a guy, when you <clears throat> when you go back and watch his college highlights, like you wanted him on your team, you know? Uh, so we wish him all the best in his recovery. Um uh, yeah, I think we've covered well the, the stuff around the um, the Saints game. Al, I know you've got a list. Just refresh us on who is no longer with the squad. Yeah, after, sure. Uh, the cut downs. Down to 80 now. So yep. uh, an undrafted kick is gone. James McCourt, a guard is gone. Cameron Hunt. Linebacker Damon Lloyd has been waived injured. So have Edge, Ty Shelby and cornerback Tavon Campbell. Uh, yes, so we're down to 80 now and more cuts. Obviously, the huge cuts ahead after this next game. And then we're into the real thing. God, I mean, it's you can get excited talking about preseason because it's football, but it's not really football, is it? It's not. It's just kind of half of the thing. And it will be really good once this last game's out of the way and we can focus on the Raiders in week one. Oh, yeah. 
Still very, yeah. still a very speculative kind of, especially because we're not seeing any of our starters play, are we? So still a very speculative approach you've got to take to a lot of this. Still guessing and, you know, there's still the excitement about let's go, baby. Come on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait to have that first, uh, that first week NFL Monday off, taking it off work to sit there and just love life and watch football. Well, guys, if there's nothing else from either of you, I'm all out of stuff for this week. So thanks all for listening. Please get involved with us on Twitter at TDU underscore charges. Alistair's been uh, a bit crook this week and he's been pumping out some awesome uh, game threads, just little sort of tidbits and morsels about all of our opponents to come. So by all means, jump on that. Get involved with some of the banter and stuff that we uh, we throw out there. Yeah. once again, like and subscribe. It's been really good to have you with us. Thanks for coming back, Jack. And we will see you next time on the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Go Bolts! Yeah, bye.